We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is KCS, an update, your daily dose of Chiefs news and content from us here at KC Sports Network. I'm former Chiefs insider BJ Kissel, and it's Tuesday, which means we will be joined by The Athletic's Nate Taylor for our five burning questions. And trust me, this is going to be a good one. Nate always makes me feel a little bit better as somebody who is plugged in and at Arrowhead every day talking to the coaches and players. So he has great perspective for us here at KCSN. And just in general, if you're a Chiefs fan uh, watching this and you're anything like me, I need to see the team get back on the field as soon as possible uh, just to get the, the game passed, to get this taste out of the mouth of what we saw against the Colts. Uh, players and coaches get back on the field. They get to practice and focus on the Bucks. The rest of us just get to sit and wait uh, until they get back out on the field. But uh, that was a rough one. Um, as the team has clearly stated, anytime an Andy Reid team uh, gets during the season, you know, mentally they will be uh, – moving forward and we saw it we heard it from the coaches we heard it from the players uh during the week we saw it on social media from the players saying that you know that was a bad one they take responsibility for it and now it's about uh getting ready for the bucks uh, and you can't dwell too much on any one thing and we've seen uh this with andy reed in the past when they've not played well uh, whether it's one game or a little bit of a stretch of games they always figure it out uh, again, if you're a Chiefs fan and you're really bummed about that and you're worried about it uh, continuing on or uh, lingering, I mean, the team started two and three last year. Everybody wanted everybody fired. It was called a toxic fan base uh, because they started two and three and everybody wanted everybody fired. So uh, keeping that perspective is important right now. But that's being said, doesn't mean you just gloss over the fact that that was a really bad loss. Uh, to the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, the team has moved on. Uh, fans, it's tough for us to move on uh, until we see him go back on the field and play well. But um, we are going to bring on Nate here in just one second. But before we do that, we're going to get a quick word from our presenting sponsor of this show and our friends over at DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? And to make things even sweeter, 
you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, and now we bring on Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Nate, I mentioned it earlier, but I always enjoy talking to you because you always make me feel better. You've got a good perspective uh, being around the coaches and players, and and we need a good perspective (laughs) right now to talk through that game. We're talking a little bit about the game against the Colts, what it means moving forward, and then obviously the game against the Bucs. Um, on Sunday with a little little play weatherman because I know there's there's some stuff going on right exactly. uh, with, with the hurricane down there. So uh, before we get to that, just give me a heat check on how you're feeling overall about this Chiefs team right now with our five burning questions. First one, where are you at? Give me a number from one to ten. Ten being they're going to win the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and one being you know they're lucky that they're not zero and three right now. Mm. Um. My initial thought, because again, you do not reveal these questions to me before we start. I, I'm at about a 6.5 to 7, like somewhere in there, uh, BJ. I mean, I, I guess, you know, I'm an optimistic person generally. So I'll try to, I'll, I'll try to help Chiefs fans. You, you guys are at 7 right now. <laughs> um, look, uh, you know, Andy Reid mentions this all the time, and it's a little bit clicheic. But the reason why people say cliches is because there's obviously some truth behind it. And the NFL, for the first time in a while, is more parity field than in years past, right? So I understand when Coach says, hey, it's a it's a league full of parity. Teams can beat any team on any given Sunday. Well, that's actually, like, held form through three weeks of the season, right? I think yeah. probably the Buffalo Bills are still the best team in the NFL on their best day. But, you know, the Miami Dolphins are 3-0. Um, I'm not sure the Philadelphia Eagles have been tested, yet they're the only 3-0 team in the NFC. So for the Chiefs, it's better to be 2-1 and one than 1-2, one and two, or, you know, the yeah. team in Las Vegas who somehow yeah. is 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 doing poor at this. Or, I mean, we need to do Chargers chargering. Ugh. I mean, it's not even like – it's become like beyond – you know, we're getting off topic. Yeah, actually. yeah. Uh, but like <laughs> – the Chargers injuries, Rashawn Slater's done for the year. It's crazy. <laughs> like the Guyton, yeah, is done with a torn ACL. Like, there, it's beyond like, oh, they have bad luck. It's like, what the hell are they doing down there? It always seems to be a thing. Yeah, and, and it's not, it's not great that this team is, you know, has has obviously de- designed itself to to be the most competitive team in the division to the Chiefs and. You know that I'm still looking forward to that rematch in November, but we we just may not get the yeah. game we all anticipated. So all I'm trying to tell Chiefs fans is you are on the grass is greener side still. Like yeah. you're not on the the grass is still growing. This team is still capable of of getting better as the season goes along. Um, it's unfortunate that they lost Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts, but it could serve them as soon as next week against. You know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it could serve them in October, you know, when they play the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, there's there's a way to look at this where you say this team is so young that you knew rookies were going to make mistakes. Right. You knew that there was going to be a day where maybe Sky Moore uh, yeah. was going to hurt the team versus help the team. Um, yeah. 
you know, you don't have your Pro Bowl level kicker. So there's some things that this team needs to iron out, much like short yardage situations, which I, I wrote about recently on The Athletic, that the Chiefs somehow become one of the worst short off short yardage offenses compared to being the best at it last year. Um, but with all that said, I, I still think they are a 7 out of 10 they should make the playoffs. They are still leading the division. By the way, the, the Denver Broncos have yet to score 20 points, I believe, BJ. Is that right? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, 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 it could it doesn't be worse. Matter. You could, yeah. You could look at the rest of the division. The Chargers just went all Charger. They just lost Ugh. a lot of their great players. Yeah. And they're still going to be good. Don't get me wrong. But you win the division, you got a home playoff game. Exactly. And the Chiefs are good enough to beat anybody. They can go beat Buffalo if the Chiefs are on their best day. Yeah. Now, I think there's some stuff, and I want to get into the second question here because it'll it all kind of bleed together. Uh, but I want to heat check on the Chiefs' overall offense, and I want to split it into two things. You just mentioned the rushing offense because I thought for through the first two weeks, you and I had talked about Clyde Edwards-Elaire being like a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is exactly what we wanted to see from Clyde. Right. And then this game happened, and I think the running backs combined for like 18 carries, like 31 yards. I mean, they averaged less than two yards a carry, and Clyde had seven for zero. Zero. And so is that Clyde? Is that the offensive line? Is it play calling, or is it just giving credit to a vaunted Colts defense that nobody in the NFL knew that this Colts defense without Shaq Leonard was going to just straight manhandle the Chiefs up front? So give me a heat check on the rushing offense, and then I want to talk a little bit about the passing offense, and we'll – kind of set that context. Let's start with the rushing offense since you mentioned that you wrote about it recently on The Athletic. How concerned should Chiefs fans be about the rushing offense in general based on what we saw on Sunday? Yeah, this this is where um, you have to be most critical of the offense. It's, it's bad, ladies and gentlemen. It's real bad. The offensive line is not as good as we anticipated or what we projected going into the season. Now, I think some of that is injury-related, you know, um, I wrote, you know, I, I tweeted about it, BJ, during the game, but Orlando Brown is not healthy. He is playing through a knee injury that I think could be nagging all season long. And that's unfortunate mm-hmm. because I think it's his left knee. And I think he is not, mm-hmm. I think it just hampers him. You know, Trey Smith is going through his own ankle injury and he had a shoulder injury, I believe, uh, a couple weeks ago. So he's not 100%. Um, for whatever reason, Joe Tooney is not as dominant as he was last yeah. year. And I think teams are starting to at least present different obstacles for Creed Humphrey, where it wasn't so simple for him because he is such a talented player that, you know, the teams are starting to adjust to what he is shown that, you know, he might have a slight deficiency on film. Um, DeForest Buckner just ate them alive in short yardage situations, VJ. That's what it really came down to. And so it'll be interesting to see how they sort of scheme these things up for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But but the biggest problem to me is the offensive line because you should you that should be the thing that you rely on most in a short yardage mm-hmm. situation because the running back by committee, which is the best option the Chiefs have, still is not they don't have Jonathan Taylor. Like they don't have yeah. Kareem Hunt, they don't have Nick Chubb. Like I think Isaiah Pacheco will get better as the season goes along, but you know, he probably should have got more touches against the Colts and it's understandable that the chief said, well, we gave Clyde seven opportunities and he gave us no yards, but some of that is partly due because the blocking wasn't there. Um, It's, it's, it's a little nauseating. I think for chiefs fans to say like, Hey, we have the greatest tight end in the game right now, but at fourth, you know, excuse me, at, at goal to go, 
from like the one yard line, our best plays are kind of like anything that involves Travis Kelsey. Um, yeah. And that's, that can't, that's not sustainable. That can't, that can't keep this team as explosive as they are. So much of the season was about yards after catch PJ and efficiency and short yarders in red zone, because you, you probably weren't going to get the same explosive plays without Tyree kill, of course. So that means right. you have to be, that means you just have to be good at the simpler things at the more conventional manners of, of scoring touchdowns. Uh, Mahomes is still very good, but give him a little bit of more support from the offensive line and the running backs, you know, handling these situations better. Also, um, Michael Burton is their best short yardage option, which also is that play. Is, 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 I tell you what play is coming. Yeah, that, that reverse yeah. inside. Like, uh-huh. I don't know if that plays ever not worked. Right. I swear. Like, I don't remember a time that them doing that little inside handoff. I never know what to call it. I'm going to ask somebody. At it's some a point, reverse. Like, figure out what that. I, I've, I've called a reverse handoff fullback dive off of. Yeah a formation that is largely built on and I'm kind of doing this in my head, but the strong side is to the right and he's Mahomes is turning away, but the offensive line is crashing in the opposite direction. So it's a visual sort of mind trick on any linebacker or any person at the second level. Um, So where you're saying, well, he's, he's handing the ball. It looks like he's handing the ball to the left. All of a sudden now it's going to the right. And the blocking scheme is different than what it would be normally if just going straight ahead. So, and look, Burton, um, hey, he a dog. So he gets those one or two yards that are necessary. Yeah. Um, and it's been their most successful short yardage play outside of something like trickeration, which was obviously the Clyde Edwards Alaire sort of underhand touchdown against the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> so yeah, I know they have more of those plays, but Andy doesn't yeah. want to call those plays in the in late September. Like that's stuff that you want to build out through the course of the year and use sort of tendencies to your advantage by breaking those tendencies with those more creative plays. You know, I think it was last week or a couple weeks ago, and I believe it was you that I was talking with. We talked about that little inside handoff to Burton and that the counter to that is the pitch to the outside. Exactly. And we said, Hey, it's going to be, you know, we should put Pacheco out there because he's got the speed to get to the edge. And I, I remember making the point, we can go back, find the receipt. So I made the <laughs> point of, well, if you put Pacheco out there, it's going to be real obvious that you're pitching to him. <laughs> You know what they did in the last game? They did that damn play, and Pacheco was in the backfield, and they didn't fake it to him. I'm like, you know what? It's they coming. got it on tape that it's even coming. when Pacheco's in there, right. we're still giving it to Burton right. because they don't want to set it off when they're actually going to pitch it to him. So I'm going to keep bringing this up until they run that damn play on fourth down. It probably won't work <laughs> as soon as they call it. But when it does, I'm going to be going nuts, and I'll be looking for the receipts on these videos. But, um, yeah, I think you bring up a great point, and I, I hope I can articulate this uh, the right way. And Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Uh, but <laughs> – talking about like assigning blame when things don't go well, as far as the offensive line, the play calling, the scheme, the running backs vision and not knowing how to read blocks or not knowing, um, you know, if it, if it doesn't stay within the scope of the play call, if, you know, the defense does a twist or a stunt, mm-hmm. how do you counter off that as a running back and read the blocks in front of you? Do you stay patient? Do you hit it and go all of those things bring all of these different variables in. So when fans watch it and they're like, I want to blame that because that's the most simple way to do it. Whereas Andy Reid and the coaching staff, the reason I have confidence is there's a lot of variables that have to make this whole formula work. Right. And he is so good at understanding that formula and how to get the most out of it. And then if he has a deficiency on the offensive line and the guy's just not winning, there are answers to hiding 
guys who are not as strong in certain things. And we have seen that throughout his career, whether he had a quarterback and I'm not, it's not dogging on Alex Smith, but a guy who had not the same physical skill sets or abilities that Patrick Mahomes did, but the chiefs were still one of the leading scoring offenses because Andy Reid knows how to get the most out of these guys. So they have to go and struggle, go back and watch the tape scheme, the next group that they're going to go up against and number one defense in the NFL doesn't get any easier for the chiefs running game. So I honest, I'm really curious to see what the Chiefs running game looks like against the Buccaneers because not that they're going to lean on it a lot, but it needs to be complimentary. And there right. needs to be a threat of the run yes. in some kind of way. And you know it's going to be a focus this week based on what we have seen. And you look at even the pro football focus running grades for the team. They're all down mm-hmm. for every offensive line. Mm-hmm. And you bring up a good point. We talk about the offensive line struggling. The, the one that surprised me most this season is Joe Tooney. Cause he was so good last year and so dominant that, you know, the rest of those guys, they're young, they're working their way through. He's the veteran anchor that you just expect to be good. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he hasn't played at the level that he did last year. So let's move on. Uh, it's going to be a long segment here, but let's move on to the two B here and talk about the chiefs passing offense and those concepts, because, you know, we talked about this on the post game show that McCole Hardman went on national TV and said, I can't wait till we see more man coverage this season. Now that Tyreek is gone and we can show how much we're going to beat it. They saw more man coverage than they probably expected, mm-hmm. and that was kind of talked about. There weren't anybody winning. I know McColl had, what, two targets for one catch and two yards. Uh, Juju had a couple of big plays, which was nice to see. He's more of a zone threat, him and Travis Kelsey in that zone. It, do you see an issue with the Chiefs receiver cores and the passing offense and beating man coverage right now um, as something that is something that should worry Chiefs fans as we look ahead to, again, the number one defense in the NFL in the Bucs? Yeah. Um so give credit where credit is necessary. Uh, that is Gus Bradley finally figuring out a winning solution. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah, don't run cover through. Don't run the same defense that you've gotten torched on uh, from Patrick Mahomes for so long. Yeah, so they gave more quarters, cover two, inverted looks. Hey, this guy's coming down. Actually, we're going to flip it. Or, hey, it looks like it's getting inverted, and actually we're going to stretch it a little wide. But, yeah, they like Gus Bradley didn't blitz Mahomes, which is – the first key. Um, and that gets to your question, BJ, is if a team is not blitzing you, which obviously creates a little bit more holes, creates less, you know, secondary uh, help in the back end, then, yeah, you might see more man coverage. Now, you know, McColl, unfortunately, is probably the guy most responsible to beating man coverage. The issue yeah. is he's still laboring through this, you know, left ankle, left heel injury um, and okay. that's why he was not really an option in the second half. I mean, uh, it's a contract year for him. He's he's also trying to, like, sort of gut it out. This is where it gets troubling for guys like Orlando Brown and, and obviously McCole Hartman. You want to perform as best you can. You want to show consistency and durability. Um, yeah. But if you're not 100%, we're all going to see it. So that yeah. means Juju Smith-Schuster, again, still has the best connection with Mahomes. And it's great mm-hmm. that he beat Stefan Gilmore, who's still very good in the league, you know, yeah. on those crossing routes that led to the big game. The one player who's got to step up because it's not going to be Sky Moore, guys. Like, just stop. <laughs> like, like that was going to be mine. Is like his route running, man coverage. Like, would, let's go. You would but, think, but here's here's yeah. what, here's what I try to remind people, BJ. Until they are forced to play a rookie, they do not play rookies, and that even goes to the offense. I know Spaz gets most of the blame for that, but like. I think McColl would have to be out and maybe, you know, Justin Watson would have to, you know, not be available for Sky Moore to get like legitimate snaps. Okay. 
So that puts the pressure on the guy that they targeted, that they drew a play up for on the first third down against the Indianapolis Colts against man coverage with no blitz. Yep. And it was a perfect call. He ran the route successfully. And unfortunately, Patrick Mahomes just missed Marquez Valdez Scantlin on a go route. And He's got to be the one that stretches defenses and that beats man coverage, whether over the top because he is tall. You can throw him some 50-50 balls. In certain situations, you can throw him back shoulder, you know, on the sideline if necessary. Um, but I think Marquez Valdez-Scanlon has not had a, had a real highlight play yet, BJ, mm-hmm. and we're going into game four. So, yeah. hey, man, you signed, you know, a, a, a pretty competent contract that suggests you can – you know, provide something to the offense alongside Juju Smith-Schuster and Travis Kelsey. So if defenses are going to – like, if defenses are going to double Travis Kelsey, which I would also recommend, or at least shade coverage to his area, then yeah. MVS needs to have a couple big highlight-worthy receptions against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against man coverage because until McCole Hartman's healthy, that responsibility, that burden mostly goes to MVS. That's a good point. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's move on to number three in our five burning questions with Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Let's give me a heat check on how you're feeling about the Chiefs defense mm. overall. We'll get into one player in particular on the next one. I hope his name doesn't come up right now. Uh, but overall on the defense, uh, how are you feeling about what we've seen through three games? It's it's incredible. Um, it is a credit to the coaching staff and the players. You know, Chris Jones fully healthy um, has led to offensive lines having to make real decisions pre-snap. And you saw it against the Colts where, hey, that guy is really good at beating one-on-one blocks. We not doing that, but Steve Spagnuolo, Brendan Daly, you know Joe Cullen, give them all credit. Well, Nick Bolton's right there, kids, and he's our most athletic, smart, like cerebral linebacker. And when he gets to the quarterback, he won't make mistakes. He won't be too aggressive. He won't get a roughing the passer penalty. He won't go low. He will do 
exactly what is necessary to get in the quarterback's window to get in his face and then to do a very swift way of using his torso and some of the levers to get him onto the ground. Um, so I feel like the secondary has not been super tested, but like that's what you're supposed to do when you're not being super tested. Like the Colts best option was please let there be a penalty. Please let somebody make a mistake. Please can Matt Ryan like thread a needle when he's, you know, 30 freaking seven years old and give, you know, give him credit. He did that, you know, to, to have the game winning touchdown. I mean, I think, you know, it's unfortunate. It's like Juan Thornhill had a great game until the final snap, um, you know, where the, where the pass is perfect. Yeah. And even on that, he's Jelani Woods. And those are two Virginia guys uh, going at it, which I thought was interesting because Jelani Woods, if you watch anything at KC sports network and you see that <laughs> first bumper of the player that's like sitting there and laughing, that's Jelani Woods. <laughs> that's the guy yeah. with two touchdowns against us. We interviewed him at the shrine. Yeah. Day, and our, our producer Tucker Franklin had him rolling uh, before the game because Tucker had never been to Vegas before and was telling him all about his experience. <laughs> just laughing his ass off. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but I didn't think like, if you're a coach, like, Juan Thornhill is in great position. His mm-hmm. hand is up. I mean, you're talking about three or four inches. Right. If you say like, hey, we need a playmaker in that situation, fine. But the guy's not getting burnt. He's in good position. He does everything the right way. And he just got beat by a better throw. And he's going up against somebody who's, what, six, seven mm-hmm. inches taller and 40 pounds heavier right. uh, than he is at minimum. And so those, those are the ones that don't bother me at all. It's not him getting burned. It's He gave up a play, and the other guy's made a better play. Yeah, um, We see with Travis Kelsey all the time right. uh, with plays like that. So but, that doesn't necessarily – Yeah, d- yeah, yeah, yeah. It, should, it shouldn't bother Chiefs fans. But um, the last point I'll make, BJ, and I know we'll get to the individual, the yeah. depth is so much better than it was last year. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Like, it's – it's astonishing how better the depth is. You know, last year, instead of Jalen Watson, that's Mike Hughes, and you just cross your fingers. Bull. Last yeah. year, instead of Darius Harris, it's Ben Neiman, and we all know Ben yeah. Neiman's track record, good and bad. Yeah. Uh, if, hey, hey, if that's, yeah. you know, if, if that's not Brian Cook, let's take a source. <laughs> yeah. If, if the Chiefs win that game, I think Darius Harris is being talked about more right now. Uh, I think Nick Bolton's play on fourth down and Nick Bolton's play oh. overall mm-hmm. in that game would be discussed. And then Jalen Watson had a couple of nice pass breakups and some big situations. And we'd be talking about him right. continuing, but nobody, most people maybe on Tuesday or a little bit further past it. Uh, maybe people are more willing to hear some of the positives uh-huh. uh, that you can take away from that game. That's why I want to get to the next one because I couldn't be happier for this dude. And I'm going to save his name for a minute. And you're going to tell me who it is. He's probably one of the best interviews one of the best personalities on the defensive mm. side of the ball. A lot of people didn't think he was going to make the team. And he's not shy about letting people know on social media, whether it's Twitter or whether it's Facebook, that he hears the doubters. I saw him get a rep on the offense, oh, which I've been oh, talking yes. about for so long. Oh, and I thought go. that was the best game of Colin Saunders' career. Colin Saunders has a standing offer to host a show on KC Sports Network whenever he wants. And he knows this, and he's agreed yes. to it. It is going to happen at some point because I will always root for that dude. He's one of my favorite dudes I've been around. Yes. Um, but it was awesome to see him go out and not just have like a solid game and contribute. He flat out dominated for a lot of the plays mm-hmm. in some big moments. And then he dropped like that block he had on the goal line. Let's go. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like I, I couldn't be happier for that dude. Eight tackles in the game. Uh, I think his career high before that was like four. four yeah. I think he doubled, I think he doubled his career high in tackles uh, and was all over the place. 
couldn't be happier for that dude. It's um, it's a long road, like you said, BJ. I mean, the elbow injury uh, was pretty significant. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, they brought in Danny Shelton, uh, Taylor Stallworth. Um, you know, Derek Knighty came back. Obviously, Chris Jones is your best defensive tackle. Um, yeah, there. It's it's understandable for people to think that like maybe he was going, maybe Colin was going to be phased out, or maybe he was going to be, you know. Just a un unlucky draft pick, right? For Brett Veach. Yeah. But he's so athletic. And that's the thing. Like if he's healthy and he's athletic, and based on year three, you know the scheme now. Um, you you know what other teams are trying to do against you or like what their concepts are and how it sort of impacts or sort of, you know, uh, you know, matches up to to what you guys are doing from a scheme standpoint. And obviously, yeah, Chris Jones is right next to you. So Good luck, yeah. man. You got a lot of one-on-ones, but yeah, yeah, he played he played great and this is highest graded game, uh, our highest graded career. player for Pro Football Focus on the on the defense, and I'm sure it was for his career. I can look that yeah. up in a sec, but yeah, his uh, and you can take what you want for Pro Football Focus's grades. I get it. Um, we're gonna talk with Trevor Sikkim on Friday about that, uh, but Colin Saunders, eighty-three point one, highest graded Chiefs defensive player, uh, and then Malik Harry and Carlos Dunlap, yeah. Justin Reed, uh, those are the top four. That's great. Um. Yeah, and look, uh, there was a lot, ladies and gentlemen, in the locker room. So let me just let me just paint a picture from Sunday's yes, this is the disaster. Stuff, yes. Um, <laughs> in one corner is Matt Amendola. God bless him. Like no one wanted to go near this man. We all knew what the end result was going to be. It's unfortunate. Yeah. In the next corner is Sky Moore, who's who's just like. This so this like I can picture it like this day, you know September twenty fifth, the first time I messed up in the NFL, you know, and now I gotta like acknowledge it and and move forward. You did know? he did he stand there and answer the question? Yeah, how did Scott handle that? Uh, yeah. it it was it was better than I anticipated because you never know how a young guy's gonna do That's how good. a is gonna do. Yeah, but he just he was he was honest. Like I've gotta catch the punts, and I said, hey, roof was open, sunlight, wind. You know, way the Dude. ball was coming off the trajectory. Nope, just got to catch it. You know, every every rookie punt returner in NFL history has had a game like that. Yeah. I, I can't back any of that up. But McCole Hardman had games like that as a rookie. <laughs> uh, people forget McCole. Remember, he wouldn't catch the ball. Right, <laughs> he let it bounce every time. Right. So there's always going to be games like that because the punters in the NFL much better than college. Yeah, the ball is turning over and doing all kinds of things all that it wasn't used to. You bring yeah. up can't see it, but. The Sky Moore muffed punt doesn't – you're going to have one of those games for a rookie punt returner. But my problem with the special teams, which we haven't got into, I think we've handled the special teams at least on our network. We've I, talked oh, about it at S, length. S can't stop screaming? <laughs> no, he's probably sitting at work right now in a meeting just talking about the fake field goal yes. and the, the, hey, the process hey. in which they picked Amendola. Hey, Coach. Uh, he, he let it out. Coach, it's fourth at 11. You want to run the fake? Sure. Can we have Noah Gray adjust his route? Because he's running a five-yard route for an 11-yard. Would you rather Tommy Townsend throw the ball or Patrick Mahomes? By the way, BJ, by the way, the Chiefs offense, this is this is a shocking statistic. The Chiefs offense Ooh. is more efficient on third and 10 and more than on third and fourth down three yards or less. Listen to that one more time. The Chiefs offense is more efficient right now through three games on third and 10 or more than on third and fourth, three yards or less. 
in golden goal situations. They are like it would be better if they started the play from the 10 yard line than from the four. Let's right treat now. every play call like third and 10. Pretty much. <laughs> just, yeah. Just yeah. wipe out all the rest of the plays. It, it, it's, third and 10 or longer. And so it, it, it exacerbates the issue even more on the fake field goal. Coach, it was fourth and 11. And by the way, this is where our offense is most efficient. Like, <laughs> so I get it. Tommy Townsend can throw a football. We've seen it before. But coach, we've already put that on tape. And we don't have Harrison Bucker. And coach, of course they should expect a fake field goal. Because you have told the entire world, yeah, we don't trust this Matt Amendola guy anymore. Because he missed one extra point. When we've all seen Harrison Bucker miss one extra point. So, coach, coach, no. My, you know what? Why we're just piling on, and I'll bring this up again. The the decision that, and I might be wrong here. I might be in the minority, but like the decision for Pacheco with 24 seconds to bring it out, and they wasted six seconds off the clock and gained 15 yards. And I granted the penalty helped. Right. And I got, they got the ball to like the 28, but they would have got the ball at the 25 wow. <laughs> with six more seconds to let Patrick Mahomes try to get chunks of yards, which we saw happen. You have a six extra seconds. Maybe they don't force the one across the middle. They got the big chunk play. Yep. We've seen them go 13 seconds. We've seen things like this before. I know they want to be aggressive. I know they want to bring the ball out. We had seen nothing from the kick return unit that makes you think they're going to break one or that there's a threat of breaking one. And all he did was run into the back of one of his defenders, dance around and waste time off the clock. Like that was the one where it was like my final straw. It was the very end of the game. I was like, special teams lost us this game. Mm -hmm. I have never said that about a Chiefs game since 2009 when I started covering them on all the different platforms, I'd never felt like special teams mm. cost them a win uh, because, you know, you miss a field goal at the end, you drop a snap, you know, you give up a punt return to block punt, whatever it is. It's one play. We can name like six special teams things that went wrong in that game. And again, you lose by three to a team. You shouldn't that phase of the game had always been solid. Right. If not well above average with Dave Tobe. Right. And so I don't think this is a sign of things to come. I thought about, having that be one of the five burning questions, but I wanted to keep this a little family friendly. I wasn't sure how upset you still were. No, I just special teams unit. Cause I get a little fired up when right. I talk about, it. I'll start swearing and all kinds of things. Well, you know, I, I said this BJ on Monday night on, you know, uh, notably the Nate Taylor show with uh, Carrington uh, at six ten. Nice name. It's pretty, it's, <laughs> we kept it simple BJ. Um, I love it. But what I said on KC that, Sports Network, yeah, very simple too. Yeah, what, what what I said on that, what I said on the show, BJ, and I'll say it here too, is stop blaming Chris Jones. Blame Andy yeah. Reid. Chris Jones, as you just mentioned, BJ, is a one play thing, and you still had chances to get off the field. And I think Nick Bolton yeah. was right in telling me after the game, "Hey, if we're a great defense, we still get off the field because that ain't a great offense." <laughs> so the yeah. coach lost y'all the game, like. I know he's a Hall of Fame coach. I know he's a he's an offensive wizard. He didn't want to go for it on fourth and two from the two-yard line, even though he didn't trust his kicker. He called a fake field goal on fourth and 11, even though I just told you Patrick Mahomes is pretty good at fourth and long situations or third and long situations. Hey, you know, they, they didn't have the right short yardage plays. General, like the Colts just beat them. But the coach decided to have the special teams coordinator tell like yeah yeah who authorizes all this stuff it's the head coach the head coach lost all the game and it's okay it's okay to acknowledge that it's okay to say that like you know 
players are the ones who are responsible for their actions on the field. Yeah, I'm sorry. The softest flag I've ever seen. Yeah, but, but on an unsportsmanlike conduct. Of course, and like talk about protecting Vogel. quarterbacks at all costs. <laughs> Even Vogel, I think I saw from Sam McDowell. Is he the pool reporter? Uh, Is Sam the pool reporter? No, it was Adam Teicher. Uh, it was Adam okay. Teicher on Sunday. I saw that Sam tweeted out from the pool report, but um, you know the referee Sean Smith saying he used vulgar language towards an opponent. I was like, is this guy ever? <laughs> like I mean, listen we must on every damn play or every other play at minimum we, we must protect the quarterbacks at all costs even even verbal abuse uh that is subjective in a in a competitive setting so yeah i mean the further we we get away from this game bj and based on my understanding and trust of how these coaches have processed things out and, and obviously get ready to prepare the team for for the rest of the season this game's gonna just stick out more and more because you're going to be like, we lost that game because of coaching, not because the yeah. player or a player did something ridiculous. Um, some of these mistakes were were sort of coach-driven. But yeah. for Colin Saunders, to get back to our original point, uh, he, yeah. he was like one of the few people who you could tell was like, was like kind of pissed off that they lost, but was like, like the self-assurance one's needs at times when they're trying to, you know, do better at their job. You know, we're all, you know, no, yeah, and thank, you know, thankfully, you know, obviously I appreciate everyone who listens to the show or watches the show, but like you always want to feel like you're getting better at what you're doing or whatever your craft is, but you need mm-hmm. to see reinforcement. You need to see positive results. And I think for Colin who told me there are more plays for him on offense that, he got he got the he got the recognition and the self belief on yeah. his own play in that game, despite the fact that they lost. And I think Colin was one of the more interesting, you know, introspective players on social media who also tweeted that, hey, you know, first you know first game we lost in twenty nineteen was against the Colts. So guys, like it can it can get better. But for him, yeah. I think some of it, so much of it is like it just feels really good to know that the work the improvement that I've strived for um, I actually put it on tape and now I can take that and, and obviously carry it with me for the rest of the season. For sure. All right, Nate, let's get to the last question. Are the chiefs going to turn it around against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? What are you expecting? Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, it looks like this game might not be played in Tampa Bay. So that's already a positive for the chiefs. I believe Tampa Bay has already left their city to train in Miami uh, in, you know, sort of in, in sort of preparation for this game because of the tornado warnings or not tornadoes. Um, tornadoes is where we live, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hurricane warnings because of the hurricane implications that could uh, happen on like Wednesday or Thursday this week. And we'll see what, you know, if that happens, what the damage is. The league has suggested that they might move this game to Minneapolis. Have you seen a Twins Royals game? Can you imagine if the Twins aren't even playing? Like, if they move this game to Minneapolis, BJ, and all I gotta go is up I thirty five. I was just thinking, like that's a that's, that's a bad. road game for the whole team. That's not bad. No, that's not bad at all. No. We have Lake House, no. forty five minutes south of the Twin Cities. I've been I've made that drive. That's yeah, not bad. Um, and there were a lot of Chiefs fans in Indianapolis, so yeah. that's a road game if it's in Minneapolis. But that looks to be the best option because the Vikings will play the Saints in London, so their facility will be open. 
uh, or I guess available. Um, yeah. It's it's in the it's in the region of the Chiefs, which sorry Buccaneers, yeah. but yes, I do believe they will turn it around. Um, the Buccaneers offense has more issues than the Chiefs offense. But we don't talk about Tom Brady throwing a little temper tantrum on the sideline, and we just chalk it up to competitive nature and yeah, him just being a gigantic ass towards everyone. And then <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy have a disagreement on a very like nobody's wrong there, right? <laughs> well, like, well, I Patrick think... wants to, and they've all talked to, as yeah. soon as you see it. It's like Patrick wants to score, and Bieniemy's like, "Let's be smart about this." Yeah, that's right. the conversation. Right. And I was like, "Oh, there's an altercation," and I immediately get pissed. And I like, "Can I'm like, this is gonna be a freaking thing." Is so stupid. Well, hey, I'm I'm the one who asked the question to coach. So well, you got you got to ask. I, yeah. I understand <laughs> you got to ask the question. It's shown if you don't ask, it's even worse. Right? Like they show it on TV. TV yeah. It becomes a narrative on social media. It is your guys's job yeah, you wanna... to then get clarity to things that everybody is right. talking about. That's kind of what media is today. Right. But for all of us who know what's going to be said, and you could tell because you know the personalities of everybody who are, who is involved. It's like. Yeah, Patrick wants to score every time he, he's out there, and he's like, "No, we're getting the ball back. Let's be smart about this." Yeah, we don't. That's it. We we don't have we don't have Harrison Bucker. Um, we don't have Tyreek Hill anymore, and we don't have any timeouts. It's not the not the not the greatest recipe with like twenty seconds left and a second and twenty play. So I think Eric Bieniemy yeah. is more right than Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes has acknowledged that. Um, yeah. But yeah, like this is, you know. Tom Brady, but, like it'll like for as as difficult as Sunday was, it can be more satisfying if the Chiefs' young, much better depth on defense frustrates the living hell out of Tom Brady because yeah. they can't move the ball because you know their offensive line is struggling. Um, you know his receiving core has had you know probably more injuries than the Chiefs' receiving core has had so far. Um, and guess what? Bucks can't run the ball either. So <laughs> if you if the Chiefs just improve incrementally at running the football, they might be the better offense. They might be the better defense. If Harrison Bucker comes back in an indoor, you know, setting like yeah. Minneapolis, that could be a helpful uh, that could be a helpful boost to the to the team as well. So um, you know, obviously, I'll, I'll update people as the week moves along and where you know where we find out that this game is going to be played. In on Sunday, because there's some yeah. conversation that hey, maybe you move it to Monday if you want to give extra time. There's an idea that, like, okay, you want to move it to Minneapolis, that's a you know, that's an option too. So, I'll, I'll keep obviously uh fans and subscribers updated, but yeah, um, they lost, they, they only scored 12 points, guys. 12, and and the touchdown was of the most desperation they had had all game. So, I, I think the Chiefs. Given the circumstances, I think the Chiefs should bounce back. All right. Makes me feel better. I do have one more question. I don't know if this has been asked, and I could be wrong. Uh, you know, maybe question for Rick Burkholder. Um, but if Harrison Butker goes out there with a sprained ankle and kicks a one-step 54-yard field goal the day that he injures it, mm -hmm. why 10 days later can he not go out there and take one step if they have him do it the day that he injures it? Um, it's less about that particular day, BJ would be my understanding, and it's more about how can we how can we get the, how can we make sure the swelling won't be as bad as it was the following day if he did okay. play on Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. You know that okay. you know hopefully we'll get Harrison Bucker in the locker room 
you know, before this game too, because I think the Chiefs are pretty optimistic that he'll play on Sunday, okay. um, even if it's in Tampa Bay. The, obviously, the after Chiefs, that last game, I'm if you're, yeah. Here's a bunch of competitive guys. Like you know what, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. And and look, I'll get out there. I'm fine. And, and it gives you more days for treatment too. You know, um, I think that's a part of this too. Is like the more days yeah. you have of treatment, the better. Um, you know, the the ankle should feel. Um, I think you probably could have kicked Sunday. But Amendola did so well in the previous game against the Chargers on a short week that, you know, it's 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 weighing the risk of that day of re-aggravating it, of going through yeah. the whole rehab process again versus I, – I shouldn't say rehab, of the whole treatment process again versus, hey, let's just do this – let's have a, yeah. sort of an elongated treatment plan, get the swelling down, and hopefully the next time you play, we can manage it as the season moves along. So it's – it's a risk, and they got burned on it. But uh, you know, or I just think, let, I think that's the reason why. Yeah, and we're, even if it is kind of tender, and they're worried about it, you know, getting worse, anything like that. And it, it seems like kickoffs would be the one that would put the most strain on it, running from a distance. Let Justin Reed kick off. He kicks it through yep. the end zone anyway. Yep. Let him kick off, and then let Butker take one step and kick the extra points and field goals. Yep. I'm more confident on a one step Butker than I am anybody that could find on the street yeah. at this point, because we saw him kick a 54 yard field goal by taking one step. Right. And if, and again, so. if you're not, if you're not super confident in Matt Amendola, which I think is, by the way, kids, that's also bad coaching. The fact that you gave this kid no confidence, the fact that he felt if I make one mistake today, they're going to yank me. And guess what? They yanked him. Like yeah. no player should ever go into a game feeling like that, let alone a dude who just got here. And knows he's not gonna be here long anyway because he's not the primary kicker. Like it's just it's just yeah. so poorly coached. It's a, it's such a poorly coached game. The more I think about it, but I don't have any sympathy for it. Kick the damn ball. Like that's your no, job. I, I, <laughs> I get the ball. I get that. Like I get that. But at yeah. the same time, coaching is about elevating the yeah. player at all yeah. cost. You know, for whatever the situation is. Um, but yes, you could have. One possibility you could have done Sunday against the Colts is, hey, Harrison, we're only using you on long-distance field goals. And that yeah. hopefully Justin Reed can do PATs because he's got yeah. legitimate real reps at it. Um, and then hopefully he can do kickoffs as well. And because you've only kicked maybe three or four throughout the entire game and for the whole day, maybe 10 to 12 based on warming up pregame, warming up during halftime – Maybe that manages you, you know, better if you had played the whole game. So it is it is yeah. fascinating that they had another option in Justin Reed who can do kickoffs. You don't even let the Colts return one. And yeah. hey, his PAT performance might have been just as good as Matt Amendola. Yeah. We'll see how it goes down. Interested uh, to get your injury reports as uh, we get closer to Sunday and with the first one coming out on Wednesday. Again, it's Nate Taylor from The Athletic Man. We appreciate you for joining us, as always, on Tuesday with our five burning questions. And Chiefs Kingdom, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. Let us know what you think about everything we've got going on in all the 18 shows a week that we've got. Covering the Chiefs at KC Sports Network. There's a lot of great places to get your Chiefs news and updates, including t Nate's podcast with Seth Kaiser and Josh Briscoe called Times Hours. So make sure to check that out as well. But Nate, we appreciate you, man. And we will see you next week, hopefully talking about the Chiefs being 4-1 and, and getting right back on track as they go take on, uh, I believe, the Raiders. 
the following week. So yeah, that uh, that'll be a fun one to get back to the AFC West and continue their dominance there. Because again, we can talk about everything, but as long as they keep winning their games in the division, they're going to get a home playoff game, and then anything can happen. I'm not worried about this team going on the road if they have to to play a big game, uh, particularly against a team like Buffalo. Um, that mm-hmm. there is the okay, you know the 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 silver lining that Buffalo lost as well. And then the chargers and all their issues. So I uh, don't like talking about that because the chiefs could have separated themselves, but anyway, appreciate everybody for listening and watching and we'll see you next time. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.